This is Post Studio Visit, a podcast from the Ore Gallery of Vancouver, and I'm Jonah Gray. In each episode, I interview an artist, writer, curator, or critic in the place where they work. Today, I meet up with Vancouver-based artist Deborah Edmiades. I first encountered Edmiades' work in the recent group exhibition, The Accursed Share, curated by Marina Roy at Artspeak. Her two contributions to this show were hard to miss, and they included an installation of homemade teleprompters suspended on spindly wooden legs, each being gazed into by a pair of wooden eyeballs, entitled Blinking and Other Involuntary Portals, and two colorful annotated illustrations featuring various symbols, charts, and diagrams. The long title of this latter piece is Divination, Chance, and Character, Tools for the Extension of Sensibility, but Deborah refers to it in our conversation simply as The Index. Edmiades has exhibited widely in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K., and she completed an MFA at Simon Fraser University in 2014. She was kind enough to host me in her Mount Pleasant studio, where I asked her what she'd been working on lately. It's, it's kind of connected to the show that's at Artspeak. Um, so I guess where that comes from is I made a video um, that had an artist in it and had a spiritual teacher and it was kind of like this it, the whole premise was that the the artist kind of um, evokes the spiritual kind of internet spiritual teacher mm-hmm. but I also think of her as like reincarnated from the transcendentalists or something like that and so then she kind of over the course of the video appears on these shifting monitors um, and then simultaneously the artist is kind of running all these aesthetic tests sort of along with this, this teacher's kind of delivering her shtick mm-hmm. and then the artist is so it, for me that piece was a little bit a um, kind of like art, an interface between like art and spirituality and kind of reflected a, a bit of a path that I had taken and it was um, a, like a video installation or a yeah it was. It was a two-channel video, but I still kind of want to go back into it and uh, cut, recut it and maybe play it over several more screens and, and do something a bit different with it. Um, but in, the, in that video, so that what the artist was doing, um, she made a lot of props and things that were kind of part of her aesthetic testing. And so it was all these objects she made that were kind of... And they were all made to sort of be presented through this system of reflective surfaces sort of for the camera. Does that kind of make sure. sense? Sure, I think yeah. so. I can kind of start to picture it. Yeah, so, there were, so a lot of them, had, some of them had text in, and the text was all mirror writing, and then the reflective surfaces were all kind of um, flexible. So there was a lot of animation that was kind of happening with, you know, by uh, moving the surfaces. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, the, so there were all these objects and stuff that I made, and using paint and stuff and... Um, and like the puppet type things, and um, and then what everybody was um, basically said to me, "Why aren't you showing all these props?" Because I had like all these props, and I, was just, I just showed the video, and then made like a drawing, which was kind of meant to guide you through the video. And I didn't; they didn't seem like I didn't want to show them because they were kind of made they were kind of crap you know most of them were sort of destroyed by the end of the shoot and they were like the wrong size and like just made to operate in this very limited um you know in this shoot sort of fashion so I felt like yeah I wanted to show them but I wanted to kind of re like develop them more for a 
a, sp a space. Mm -hmm. So kind of this whole different way you would view them. Um, but maybe having some of the logic of the video, how they were mediated in the video, being in their three-dimensional sort of sculptural selves. So, yeah, so, that, so then what happened was I, I, applied, I, I wrote a grant, and I was like, okay, that's a good idea. I'll just say this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to develop all these props. And then I got the grant, so I was like, uh -oh. okay. <laughs> so, and... Um, and it was funny because I, uh, like, right at the last minute, I was like, before I slipped the grant, the sort of form in the the, the uh, envelope, I was like, I saw that I'd missed the title. I was supposed to have a title or whatever. And, of course, I'm on deadline. So I wrote, <clears throat> it's been five minutes, I was like, oh, like, divination, chance, and character. Tools for the fantastical extension of sensibility. Wow, good organization. <laughs> I know. I thought so. It's, like, better than any of my other titles. So when I got back the sort of acceptance thing, I was like, what? <laughs> and then, yeah, so then I just kind of um, started working on, like, the first... Oh, so the first thing I did was make these... Um, I kind of wanted to index everything, because in a way the video um, felt like it was just this intense, creative moment where things were just being generated, and I kind of didn't know what was going on. I was just doing stuff and, like, piling it all in, and it was just expanding and expanding. And so and there was a lot of kind of research involved and um, so it, so it, do, it do, does feel like a rich place to go back to um, what was I going to say about that oh yeah so I wanted to sort of index all the possible things that I could develop as objects or as scenarios or as further little projects you know these these um, the tools um, so that's so I made and I still feel like I'm working with that idea of the index of a way of to keep going back to like all those things that were sparked because there's so many different threads and interesting You're kind ideas. Of excavating that now. Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, in, in one what part of me, and I think this is just the way I work. It just feels like it could go on forever. But then part of me is like, oh, what if I get like totally bored of it? <laughs> and but that's okay. Like it can still be an index of everything. And so is that yeah. where the work is going right now, is actually just developing that index? Or is the well, index going to be just like a means to an end yeah. that you're... Well, the index is... The index, I kind of started with the index to sort of lay out everything, and then I developed one of those. And so... Uh, and I feel like that might be a way every time when I go back into the project would be to reassess... So the index... I've, so, that, so the index is where those... These things that are there. Like the... Ah, um, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of... These are actually better... You can sort of see a little bit more. Can you describe these. these, what we're looking at? We're, we've got some sort of glossy yeah. printouts here of what look like. Are they like gouache or watercolor? Yeah, so it's a mixture of gouache, not, really, not watercolor, but gouache and house paint. And there's a lot of collage. So there's um, cut out, um, you know, mylar and uh, what other things? Are, oh, like, what are those? The gels, the colored gels that you put over lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's a lot of collage, yeah, and and watercolor paper and. Watercolor and then they're paper. they're kind of organized into. They look like, um, you know, they're little kind of not icons, but little sort of scenes. Mm -hmm. They're sort of still mm -hmm. life scenes or little um, images that are connected that have a that have a a caption beside yeah, them, I guess, caption. that are yeah. that are kind of yeah. indexing the, mm -hmm. all those different uh, yeah. elements from yeah. that from that work. And also, try, when I was doing this, I was also trying to find also language. 
Um, so the little the captions kind of were. I also worked quite a bit on those to figure out what each thing would be, what it was going to be talking about, what it referred to, and this is the like this is the one that's actually in the Art Speak show. Right. So okay. It's called blinking and other involuntary portals. And so this is yeah. like <clears throat> just to give our listeners mm, an, yeah. a, a sense of it. Then it's a it's a little illustration of a scene with a tripod and. Um, I know it from the Archbishop yeah, show as yeah. a, a teleprompter that you, yeah. that you built, or kind of like was, a makeshift yeah. teleprompter with these. Yeah. Um, so there's a pair of little teleprompter devices. Um, and a, and a mm-hmm. set, a set of eyeballs. Wooden eyeballs with giant eyelashes. Yes, uh, glittery eyelashes. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, are you kind of going down this list? Is this your? Is this your? Um, you're kind of using this as a as a like a recipe book for making artworks from now. In a way, but I, I, what I like about this as well is I feel like I might I can change it. Like the index as it is now, there might be some inaccuracies in it. I might, um, but yeah, that's the idea um, of sort of taking each one but uh, when I go back into the project I feel like I always start with an index so I'll kind of start with a like reassessment of everything and when those you had a, is yeah. it from is it those same pictures that were in the gallery as well along with the rest of along with the the kind of installation sort of yeah. sculptural work you had yeah a version of these yeah on, this I mean the that this, these are exactly what's in the gallery yeah but I might do I might I'd like to maybe um, work through the ideas in a different way, like something much larger, maybe a more sculptural installation. In using this same, using this this same index as a using the same kind of point. scenarios or the same points of departure in a way to to kind of corral them all together to mm. see, see well, what's in the Well, and yeah, so then, so say like maybe even yeah. given another example here mm-hmm. because that one is that one seems like it's pretty. Um, you know, you could almost use it as instructions for making an installation, but mm-hmm. some of them are a lot more suggestive and mm-hmm. speculative. <clears throat> like, what are these right. symbols? This oh, is, yeah. Ome- is that omega? Yeah. And it's um, psi equals phi. Psi equals phi. Yeah, Shows so what I know about the Greek. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, and it's a materialist proposition. Is the caption. A mystical call. Yeah, and that, um, well, that's, that was kind of interesting. Uh, because one of the things I guess I was working was with this, uh, was, uh, looking into neuroscience, um, and as it turns out, like when a lot of these, especially these uh, philosophers that are interested in neuroscience, um, when they're talking about, because it's interesting because the um, subjectivity is kind of like this mystery, like they can't prove that it actually exists. So, <laughs> so what that means is like, um, you know, the fact that we, how we feel and how we experience things um, is, is like it doesn't actually exist. It, it can't be proven at all. And even so color is sometimes a, a, when they talk about that color is something that they use as an example because we manufacture color with our nervous systems. Like apparently it doesn't, I mean, doesn't exist in that form in, in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they, so scientists came up with that equation like psi equals phi which means that well we we assume that um 
that sensation that you feel equals that nerve being stimulated that we can actually see and prove, but we're not sure. It's just a matter of time, and we're going to prove it. And so the psi equals phi is, is this equation that kind of stands in for that mystery that can't be prove, proven. Right. Hmm. And so that was... So it was always kind of ex- a little bit exciting to me how, like, you know, this hard materialism kind of flips into mysticism at some point. And so that's, that was my little... That was my interest in that, yeah. And so will that, could that one also turn into a, to a work or be a component yeah. of one of these new sort of mm. um, installations that you're working mm-hmm. on? Um, maybe, it's possible. I'm not sure. It's not as clear. That one's not as clear to me as how it could be developed as some of the other ones. Some of the others feel more concrete. But I, like I wanted to put that in to remind myself of that um, that idea, and particularly, you know, a materialist proposition, a mystical call. So it was sort of also labeling it in that, specifically in that way. Um, yeah. well, I like that there's something about, <clears throat> well, first of all, it seems really nice to have something to work towards. And just in the same way that I've done that before, too, when you get a grant, it's like, oh, yeah, what did I say that I was going to yeah. do? And then there's like, well, but on the other hand, now that I've said that, mm-hmm. I kind of should just like read what I wrote down yeah. as, as instructions <laughs> when I have yeah. to, to go about doing this project. But there's something that's nice about this index that you've mm-hmm. made where it's kind of now, it's not like color by numbers or something. No, you no, kind of, no. And, and, you can kind and, of work towards yeah, and the one at Artspeak, I mean, interpreting them. Or, yeah, the one at Artspeak really kicked my ass too. It was like, wow, that was, it took so long to do and it was, yeah. So it, I really don't know what's what's kind of out there. I had no idea what I would end up, how it would, how I'd end up having to do it. Well, can I you started? describe that one too a little bit? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we just we kind of referred to it there, but but how would you how would you actually what? Because there's an uh, there's mm-hmm. sort of a circuit mm-hmm. that's made mm-hmm. between these yeah. between the two teleprompters. Yeah. What what yeah. is the actual? Um, yeah. Okay. So the one. So they're two little blinky guys, and they're. They're both looking into these um, little boxes, which are actually teleprompter devices, and um, really they're seeing they're seeing each other. Um, I don't know if I'm explaining. Well, so it's kind of like a tin can phone almost, except but like sort of like super super high tech version of that. And there's these two kind of wooden sets of eyeballs. Mm-hmm. They're, they are, they're blinking, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're blinking. And they're, be, they're being um, powered by an electromagnetic circuit. So they... Because, um, the, of course, in the video, I just just doing that by hand. You know, I made this device that would blink, and I would swing it backwards and forwards, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I want there's them to move. It's a little pendulum kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's a pendulum. It's like an electromagnetic pendulum device. But, you know, when I made this, I was like, I want these to move by themselves. And, of course, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. So it has this kind of, it's both like a tautological loop kind of mm-hmm. thing, and then it's like the two sets of eyeballs mm-hmm. looking at one another. Mm-hmm. But then it's also kind of like a perpetual motion machine, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And that, that, yeah. that it's sort of just, I like it's almost the artwork mm-hmm. that can view, that views itself. <laughs> so yeah. You can just, like, leave yeah. it on. You're like, oh, it saves me the trouble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're totally turned in. On each each other, though, yeah. So there are kind of two of them. So they're not completely solipsistic. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, that's yeah. true. They're connecting to yeah. one another. But they are very similar, <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like a Mo- Mobius strip, 
Right. Maybe that's yeah. a better way of thinking yeah. about it. Um, and where and that that then came out of you know out of this this sort of there's this kind of mediating um, piece the mm. the index. But can you go back and talk a little bit about you? You kind of you began to describe that other work too. But where is that sort of um, part of a longer trajectory in your work? Yeah. That the thinking about that type of questions of viewership and technology mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I, um, so I suppose the way I would answer that is that um, I feel like I feel like this this work is kind of rooted in my because I have was working with performance for quite a while and um, and I was I was interested so this was in the, I started doing performance in the 90s and I was interested in identity and so that you know and then the video became very quickly part of that performance process mm-hmm. so identity and then at some point I kind of was so interested in identity you know I was doing acting classes like how do how do actors create characters so I was really interested in the acting techniques um, of how you sort of create reality how you create yourself and I sort of and then I kind of slipped from there into these studying like therapeutic groups and going to spiritual retreats and stuff like that and it all felt like and it was so I kind of stopped making work actually making artwork but it felt like I was still kind of doing this research in a way because it, it's always seemed like the, my performance practice was a form of research mm-hmm. uh, like um, so, so I kind of, yeah, I slipped out of art making. I kind of slipped out of the art world, but I was doing all these other exciting things, and I was like, well, I'm, I think I'm still an artist. I don't. It was this. It was pretty confusing. And then when I, um, but then at a certain point, I started. I feel like, yeah, it was like okay, the, the impulse to actually make art came back, and so that is all. So all that work that I did or all that that adventure that I went on then became sort of grist for the mill or, or stuff I wanted to work in through to then now reconcile this with what is art you know then because <laughs> it was you know if performance was kind of a research about like what who am I what what is this then then what what's art you know so I um yeah, and then and that the well with the eyeballs, in, you know that that piece that's at Artspeak in particular is is it was this very particular experience that I had on a spiritual retreat actually. Oh really? When, it's based yeah. on uh, yeah, based yeah, on a, yeah. What is it based on? <laughs> okay, so so <laughs> so firstly, what, yeah, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Firstly, what happened um, as I went on one of these retreats, and the retreat leader was like, okay, you know, we did this. She was like, pair up. And now you're just going to gaze at each other, you know. So I, I so I paired up with this this, and this was at up New York, uh, this place called Omega Institute in New York State. And so I was paired up with this woman I'd never met before, and we were we were like sitting and looking at each other, and um, and the, and it was after a while it just was really. I mean, this is a, I think it's a classic exercise. And you're not talking. This eye gazing. No, you're not talking. And after a while, it was so strange because it was like. It's kind of like sort of these boundaries fell away, and, and I was looking at this complete stranger, and it was like, oh my god, I'm looking at myself. Like it was like it was so it was such as a strong felt experience of like I'm I'm looking at myself. Like there's no question. And then after that came the thought came it was like 
oh my god that is god wow <laughs> yeah because okay so i had this whole um serious religious experience i went to sunday school and everything and then it was like why didn't i was like fuck like nobody <laughs> told me like this is what god is you know i went through this whole thing and nobody ever said a word about this like <laughs> And so then it was just, and I think she was having a similar experience. We were just like, like, like completely falling in love sort of thing. And, um, and then there were sort of all these interesting, you know, this, so sort of following this. And so, and, you know, I was like looking at her, just taking in every single little detail of her and her eyes and her mouth and just noticing the sort of aliveness of the material thing in front of me, you know, like the wetness and that's part of those orifices, you know? <laughs> and I was like, God is wet. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, and then there were all these, you know, and then I just also Sounds felt... like a good t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Well, it's in my drawing, you see. <laughs> so it's this one, the fountain. <laughs> and it was in the video. <laughs> and so... Um, awesome. I, yeah, God is wet. I should make t-shirts. It's a brilliant idea. <laughs> and uh, and there, so there was... So, that was kind of like, and there were some other things that happened around that. But then much later on, after I'd sort of gotten back into the art thing and I went on one of these spiritual retreats and I was like, but, 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 but I'm an artist. And, you know, so I went to this <laughs> spiritual retreat and I made these teleprompter devices. And I got all these, um, two of them. And I, I sat with all the retreat participants. I invited them into my sort of cabin. This is actually in Canada now, in at this... Um, this uh, place that's often used as a Christian camp, I think, near Kelowna. Okay. Or, yeah, like a lot, it's like a children's... But anyway, it's this... It was a teacher. We hired it out, and there was a teacher, and there were all these participants. And so I was inviting people into my room and gazing at them, but through these teleprompter devices, kind of similar wow. to... cruder than what I made in the show, but, you know... So, yeah, I sat... And actually, I did this two years in a row, and I'm like gazing with these retreat participants <laughs> and um, of course recording it all like tons of footage, oh, yeah, footage yeah. that I'll never you know I'll never look at it again but yeah that was interesting so so that that's kind of the genesis of that particular um, piece and and in a way it also describes the whole project you know what the whole pro- project even of the video, like why I'm like, you know, I'm trying to make what I'm trying to make sense of in a way, or, or how I'm trying to reconcile that also with a with a, a so-called creative practice, a material practice. Uh, I'm glad I asked. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that the the piece that you're describing before you you said there are two. There are two uh, characters, and mm-hmm. that's how that's how I understood it. That the mm-hmm. artist and the spiritual teacher, as mm-hmm. you said, mm-hmm. are both they're they're characters, right? They're, are yeah. they, or are they yeah. actual artists? And is it kind of like is there a documentary component to it, or is it it's a it's like a constructed narrative? Yeah, evening? yeah, it's completely sort of fictional. And I suppose yeah, I suppose it's sort of like because they both are me because I play them both. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, and um, uh, 
and it was kind of nice in a way. Part of it was to be, okay, I'm not, I'm not the artist either. <laughs> so the art, you know, to sort of objectify the artist and have the artist as a character, um, but then also be like, well, but, yeah, they're both characters. But the, the the spiritual teacher is kind of more as a character because the artist is really the, you know. She's the one that's sort of making everything happen, and she she never really talks or does anything, but she's creating all the effects and stuff like that. And the, but the teacher, the teacher's much more of a character. That yeah, where I'm becoming this this character. Um, so that's and that so that piece is on or that kind of that project is ongoing or process. I don't know if it's a, mm-hmm. is it a project or a process. The this in, you're working with this index. Oh, the index. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, it feels like it was. I think it's yeah, it's ongoing. Yeah. And do you have this is and, and because towards is towards now you have is it a project grant or what is the oh that's long gone. <laughs> I know that's yeah, the other the project, problem with grants, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they really do fizzle out very fast. Um, yeah, that's long um, gone. So. Um, but one thing I do want to do. I have a mind to do right now is like get back to the uh, East Coast and research. Um, kind of really interested in that on the in the that period on the East Coast, sort of the nineteenth century. You know where all those things converge. Like I think the Theosophical Society was founded in New York, and then there were the, the Transcendentalists who were um, influenced by the romantics you know of the european romantics and then in between then and then there was like spiritualism and mesmerism that was kind of imported from europe and um there's this figure called mary baker eddy that mm-hmm. founded the christmas science the church yes. okay. yeah yeah and she was i found out that she actually was originally a she was dabbling in spiritualism and mesmerism and, and her teacher was kind of a mesmerist and because I grew up as a Christian scientist, and um, and there's this, she, you know, she's this true 19th century lady, right? And she, in her, in her textbook, there's a whole chapter on denouncing spiritualism and ma- animal magnetism and mesmerism. And you know, as a child, I was, was floored by that. I was like, <laughs> what is this? I mean, the whole textbook's like this Victorian tome, you know. Anyway, so I'm really curious about that whole period it sounds like it had the reverse effect then in that instead of yeah. instead of causing you to to set it aside and <clears throat> it actually made you more interested in giving <laughs> <laughs> well i think there's a long there's a long period in between right where i was like god why am i so fucked <laughs> and then like you need to get some of that that mesmerism back yeah, in your yeah back in your life exactly anyway. yeah That's get what back was to missing. the source yeah sure yeah and, and did you grow up on the East Coast? Um, no, I didn't. But the um, the the uh, Christmas, the you know, that's where this she, is the originary yeah, kind of center. Yeah, there. she was sort of. I think she lived close to Walden Pond, so it's totally that same area as the you know, like Emerson and. But yeah, I grew up um, first in England, and then I spent a lot of time in Johannesburg, South Africa, because my parents were from there, and had moved to England lived there 20 years, had children, and then went back. Um, yeah. And what brought, you to, what brought you to North America then? Well, I... Yeah, so I left... I, first, I went to New York. Um, 
was like a destination because I wanted to be an artist. And um, I had visited there once and it was very exciting. So I went back in the 90s and then, yeah, I was clueless. I had no idea about like immigration or like green cards or anything like that. Um, I was like, I'm going to go live there. <laughs> and I did for 17 years. So Amazing. Yeah, a long time. And then I, I, I moved to um, Vancouver in 2007, yeah. Oh, that long ago now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were took, at... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it took a while to kind of get feel at home here because... Well, it, basically I had to go to grad school. And, yeah. But I was also in that weird transitory phase where I was... You know, I, that I told you about where I had kind of wandered out of art and into, like all these therapeutic situations and spiritual stuff. So, yeah, going to grad school helped to kind of... It kind of gave me, I guess, currency, right? Like in the, otherwise, nobody wants... It's like, who are you? <laughs> you don't, and then now you've got a card that says... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was just kind of meeting people and, um, yeah. Of course, yeah. It's, yeah, a, it's, and, a, it's a network kind mm-hmm. of... of yeah, it can be. It can, it's a it's a it's a great way of, of finding mm-hmm. out about other people's practices yeah. and getting involved yeah. in a in a sort of dialogue with mm-hmm. other artists and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was amazing. It was I loved it. You've also got there. I mean, this is I think of the studios that I have visited, mm-hmm. which is not very many because <laughs> a lot of people, as we were talking about before, don't have seem to not have studios. But oh, you've yeah. got a great setup here with you've got mm-hmm. tree stumps. Mm-hmm. You've got a real. You're taking advantage of your. Mm-hmm. Of your space, what are, are they for? Are they part of um, something in particular, or are they just inspirational tree stumps? Well, I, I did. I hold a bunch of tree stumps in when I, I actually got rid of a, a lot of them. But when I in that uh, thing that's at Artspeak, the um, the blink blinking characters like embedded in tree slices. Right. Yes. And then inside there is all. And so I, you know, I was dragging stuff in. Um, yeah. I can reach over there. Yeah. Okay, I'll just grab this. You know, I was making... Um, that was... You're hollowing for, it out. Yeah, that was for the, the circuit and the blinking character. So, yeah, of course, I ended up with way more stuff than I would actually use. And it's very in flux in here right now. It's a huge mess because I'm trying to kind of reset. No, no, it's very clean. Clitoris. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like... I, it's funny how I feel like I'm getting more and more obsessively obsessive about organization and clean... I spend so much time, like, cleaning and organizing in here because cause it's so small mm-hmm. that you just do it, you know... Before you know it, it's like you can't find anything uh, and you have to kind of start again and clean everything, so... Yeah, that's right. Sweep but, off, polish the yeah. logs. <laughs> and then I'm trying to... It feels sort of like part of working in a way, making work. Um, like all those little bags of stuff, you know, sorting everything into little bags. How does research sort of play? What role does that play in your in your practice? Because so much of these yeah. things, it seems like there's mm-hmm. a backstory, or there's mm-hmm. um, there's mm-hmm. um, it's informed by mm-hmm. history or or what have you. Yeah, well, that was very that was a very exciting thing for me for going to uh, grad school because I hadn't done that before I hadn't been to had any formal you know after high school stuff like that any education so um, I did go to this strange art school in Johannesburg where we yeah there was no written component at all and all we studied were like um, 
the Impressionists through to the second generation abstract expressionists and no... Um, very tight window. Yeah, very tight window. <laughs> and it didn't include like uh, pop art or anything. I think the only pop art person that it was approved of was Rauschenberg. So it was this very... <laughs> I had this totally Greenbergian education. That was my art education. So, you know, I labored my way through that, like years of making abstract paintings. And then when I got to New York, it was like, yay, content. <laughs> because it was New York in the 90s. It was all about content. And I got into performance. And I feel like I've strayed away from what your question was. But oh, just about research. Oh, yeah. And so then I went to... When I went to grad school, I was like, oh, my God. And then there's research. <laughs> so that was... A, and it was kind of a... I was... Yeah, it was awkward because I went into grad school and I was interested in mysticism, which is a very awkward subject in the academy. Um, so it was really... You know, I had to get a lot of help or it was interesting how to sort of approach that subject in a way that was, uh, I don't know if the right word is academic, but in a way that was sort of acceptable, objective or clean. Yeah, or, yeah. and so in, I ended up, you know, I read, of course there's all sorts of things you can read, like Bergson and Walter Benjamin, he's a bit of a mystic, um, all sorts of people. But in the end it was like history that was like, oh yeah. So I found like... Um, this, uh, so the history of Western esotericism ended up... Actually, that was after I left grad school that I sort of realized, oh, that's a really interesting topic because it's, um, it's kind of like the precursor to the New Age in a way. And the New Age is this sort of horrifying entity, right? So especially in an academic or any sort of progressive thinking context, it's this horrifying thing, right? Like... It's just sort of yikes. But in the way it contains, it contains so much stuff. Like it's, it's just this, the garbage can for like everything Western that we do now because in terms of religion and spirituality, we're kind of at this point where it's like, uh, we, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm saying anymore, but uh, I, there's this amazing essay by Eve Sedgwick. It's called The Pedagogy of Buddhism. Okay. And, um, she, she, what she basically, because she got into Buddhism when she she had a fatal di- diagnosis, cancer. Yeah. Um, and so then she started, of course, writing about it because you know she was a cultural theorist, and um, it's, this, it's an amazing essay. So she's writing about Buddhism, but she's also talking about, um, you know, she she says that if you are a Westerner and you study Buddhism, even if you study it really seriously in a monastery or whatever, you are, you're your new age. Like, by default, that's what you are. And so that really helped me to be like, oh yeah, okay. So the new age is, is useful to us. It's there for a reason. Like, it's, it's, it's um, valuable. And um, so in a way, my interest in researching Western esotericism is a way of contextualizing the new age, because I th- um, in, historically, and, and I think, and I think, even academically, that subject of esotericism, and in, in a sort of academic, in a, in a, is is relatively new in um, in our Western academy in terms of being an objective as a subject, of study. As a subject that, that that is valid because I, I think there have been writers before. You know, there was Francis Yates and people like that, and you know, a lot of people have pointed out how. 
a religion, you know, it's almost bordering on religion or it's, you know, it has a, I don't know, I, I think it's a really, really interesting uh, area because there's, there's all those questions about belief mm-hmm. and um, objectivity and, uh, and actually that was the, the video that I, and I'm just like, I'm following. Talking. Okay, good, good. Go ahead. Okay, please. so that, that video that I that I shot, I ended up at, by the end of the video realizing that um, or coming across a definition of trompe l'oeil, you know, psychoanalytic trompe l'oeil. Um, because the art of trompe l'oeil because, so and I realized that was what my methodology was. That was for the making of the whole video. That was because it was all, because the whole through the whole video I was kind of watching through the viewfinder everything I was doing, and that was informing what I was going to do next, but I was in a constant state of disbelief. I was looking and I was like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Like, and that was sort of driving the, um, you know, that and like this crazy sense of playfulness, but that was kind of driving what, what I was doing in the video. And then I came across this definition of trompe l'oeil, you know, because trompe l'oeil is, the whole purpose of it is to trick you just precisely to reveal to you that you've kind of been had, right? Mm-hmm. You've been tricked. And so, so, so it kind of, in a way, it creates this epiphany, so this like epiphany that you have. But, and, um, and so I guess it's that type of epiphany that I'm interested in. And even in the, the sort of experiential research that I did through therapy and perform, um, uh, spiritual stuff, there's, there's a certain type of epiphany. I mean, it's... I'm sure it's a, it's a com- it's an experience that we all have, right? Like where you're like, oh, you suddenly see something that you didn't see. So I guess that's what I'm interested in. But then the way that this, in the psychoanalytic way of describing trompe l'oeil, it's where there's like this, um, a gap is created between belief and knowledge. And so you suddenly find yourself in this gap and it's like, oh, like what is you know it's everything's really fresh and and completely it looks like the world just shifts in a, in a new yeah so trompe l'oeil thanks for tuning in as always please let me know if there are any artists you want to hear from or any questions you'd like me to ask my Twitter handle is at Jonah underscore Gray. The galleries is at orgallery. And my email is discursive at orgallery.org. Mm-hmm.